Hi everyone, I'm Heaven. I'm Tracy. And welcome to another round with Heaven and Tracy. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> We are very, very excited about what we have in store. It is Mental Health Awareness Month. Yep. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So we are going to dedicate the bulk of this episode, maybe not 100%, but like a solid 85% of this episode to talking about mental health, our own issues and struggles. And we're also going to have the first lady of the city of New York. Charlene McRae. I can't believe we got this. This is insane. <laughs> this makes absolutely I'm so no excited sense. though. So she has her Shire the Stigma campaign. So we're going to talk a lot about that and what she's doing with New York City mental health care. Also later on in the show, we are going to have uh, Tracy joke time as Hell usual. Hell yeah. And I will debut uh, my quiz writing skills with this Jason Bateman quiz I made for Tracy. I'm excited and nervous. But first, let's start the show. Whoop, 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 whoop. So Tracy wrote this essay called When Taking Anxiety Medication is a Revolutionary Act. Mm -hmm. Tell the people a little about your essay, Tracy. So the essay is just about my life with anxiety disorder, which I've had, I swear, like since I was born. Like I came out of the womb like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Why is this happening? What's going on? Who are these people? Where's the exit? Am I safe? (laughs) But just about being like a super, super, super shy kid or what I thought was just a super shy kid. And then like gradually learning that I actually have anxiety disorder going through the motions of preparing myself to actually go get a psychiatrist Mm. and, like, get medicine. Oh, so hard. First of all, it's just a hard thing to do. Yeah. Like, finding a psychiatrist and getting them to give you medicine that will alter your brain chemistry. There's so many (sighs) hoops that you have to jump through. It's exhausting. I started and I stopped so many times. So that part is difficult. And also, like, we grow up in a society where we're taught that, like, if you need medicine to, like, fix your brain, there's something, like, wrong with you. Either you're lazy, right. you're too lazy to do it yourself. Whereas you no if willpower, you had, like, you're not praying hard illness, enough. you needed to take medicine Exactly. For it. <laughs> like, when you have the flu, nobody's going to say, oh, well, you know, just... Just try harder to not right. be sick. You know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, and the it's thing so about like anxiety and depression is that they are they're physical conditions. Right. So you should treat them the same way with medicine and with therapy and stuff like that. So it's a really long essay. Hopefully, it's a good read. It's not a long essay. It's a soup <laughs> for somebody like me. I don't read, so <laughs> <laughs> writing it was hard. Because I just didn't have the attention span. I also have ADD, fun fact. So <laughs> we, I talk about that in there too. I mean, I really appreciate it because there's just not enough conversations about being medicated or the anxiety of like even figuring out how to navigate all that oh my god going through that now (laughs) oh my goodness it's something that I like to do like I try to speak very openly about it we both do on Twitter and on the show and the stuff that we do because just because there's nobody like talking about it right and there's this feeling that like nobody else in the world is like anxious or depressed when the reality is like basically everybody is you know and we just don't know it because like everybody's so quiet about it and it's such a lonely feeling and i want people to feel less alone yes you're not the only ones guys it's okay I don't really uh, write that much personal essay stuff about it because mm-hmm. I suck at writing personal essays <laughs> but I do kind of write generally about it at BuzzFeed too mm-hmm. I come at it more from places like Tumblr where I really like we all know I love Tumblr yeah <laughs> but it has a really great like recovery community recovery sort of broadly being like eating disorders mental health stuff that's like depression anxiety schizophrenia or whatever like a whole range of things I feel like there's a really nice supportive community on Tumblr for these kinds of things so I write about like stuff like that but Evan you wrote a really really great post for BuzzFeed about like how to go about seeking out a doctor 
Oh, yeah. How to start therapy. Get how to, there you go. How to start therapy. Because even that, it's like, it seems like it should be a simple thing. With mm-hmm. It's like you're already sick, but you still have to take on this right. other task. This task, it takes a lot of energy. When yes. If you're depressed, especially, like, you don't have energy to, like, yeah. take care of yourself anyway. I wrote it because I needed it. <laughs> it's like, how do I actually do this? I've done it before, but through school, it's a different context. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Our whole goal is to, like, have resources for people who are, like, just frustrated and not seeing the conversations they need to see. So we're going to get into all of this with the First Lady and really get into sort of, like, the racial stuff about needing to see brown women talking about mental health stuff. (laughs) Anyways, we'll get into all of that. But first, let's let's have something uh, fun. Yeah, let's have some fun on the show. (laughs) (laughs) I hate watching movies, to be honest, because most what? of them are trash. <laughs> but the other day I was like, yo, let me let me watch a movie. I haven't seen one in a while. Let me keep up with what the kids are watching. <laughs> and like there were like a million Jason Bateman movies on Netflix. <laughs> the funny thing is I know they exist, but I cannot name a single one. Yeah, that's because they're all. Bosses, which <laughs> yeah. I just learned like a few minutes Why ago. Why have you seen Horrible Bosses? I think I saw it in theaters too. Okay. Anyways, we'll get back to that. <laughs> it's just frustrating because most movies have the same like five plots or like the yeah. same five people. And it's just like, it's frustrating when white people have so much access to movies and they have the nerve to be bad at it. Like, right. how dare you? And to just do the same thing over Anyways, and over. Anyways, so over. Jason Pateman, I noticed, plays literally the same average like middle-aged white dude mm. who's like kind of funny a little wry sense of humor wacky. <laughs> he's like an architect or like <laughs> whatever you know he was the same dude i mean i loved him in arrested development that's mm-hmm. kind of where i think he got this typecasting got started for him oh, but i, I was never, going through I imdb watch. you didn't watch arrested development oh my god tracy get your life together i'm sorry <laughs> so i made this quiz because i was like oh my god the names of Jason Bateman's characters are hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious just like, as in... It's just like such a stereotypical middle-aged white guy names. <laughs> like Chad and Chet. Well, Tracy, I'm going to make you take this quiz to oh. figure out what the real name is and what are the white names I just made up. <laughs> okay, okay. So in each of these questions, one of the names will be that of an actual Jason Bateman character. And the other two are white men names I just made up. Okay, got it. I'm ready. We Which need like my some game show music. hobby. <laughs> we also need like a name. Um, it's time for Guess That White Man. <laughs> That's the Tonight Show music. Why did I just... Uh, well, let's just go with that. Let's go with that. Guess That White Man. All right. So The X is a movie from 2006. Where Jason Bateman plays a dude who uh, annoys Zach Braff in the office. <laughs> he just annoys him. There's a whole okay. I long just thought plot. it was okay. I'm not gonna get into it. It's okay. wild. That's cool. That's cool. Here are the three options, Tracy. Okay, drum roll. Is this man named Kenneth Preston? Oh my God. Chip Sanders. Jesus Christ. Or Willard Romney. <laughs> <laughs> So Willard Romney is the whitest <laughs> name I've ever heard. Oh my god! Were he not a real person, I would pick that name. Let's see. Obviously, all right. Process of elimination. Okay, so it's not Willard Romney. <laughs> this is a, Chip a, and a, Kenneth. Kenneth Preston, Chip Sanders. I don't want to believe there are actual white men running around named Chip. Is your answer Kenneth Preston? Is that your final answer? Yes. Wrong. What? It's Chip Sanders. What? <laughs> The real name is Chip Sanders, y'all. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, let's go. Another one. The Switch is a movie from 2010 involving a wild plotline about switching uh, sperm donors. 
so that Jennifer Aniston is going to have Jason Bateman's child. Okay. Through some crazy hijinks. Is this Jason Bateman character named Declan Newman, (laughs) Archie Collins, or Wally Mars? This is hard. (laughs) It's so much fun doing this. (laughs) Declan Newman. Archie Collins or Wally Mars? I'm going to go with Archie Collins. Wrong. What the hell? The real name is Wally Mars. (laughs) A real name of a Jason Bateman character. (laughs) This is ridiculous. Okay. The Longest Week, 2014. Also, this man makes like a million movies. (laughs) I was going to say, there are so many. We could do this forever. Oh, my God. Okay. He's like a broke dude who like has wealthy parents and he like moves in with an old friend it's a dumb premise whatever gosh these are awful moves in with a friend and like meets the woman of his dreams which is apparently Olivia Wilde is this Jason Bateman character named I'm nervous Conrad Valmont (laughs) Duncan Lewis or Brooks Buffington Oh my God, these names. Once again, that's Conrad Valmont, <laughs> Duncan Lewis, and Brooks Buffington. I feel like the most comical one has to be it. So I'm going to say Brooks <laughs> Buffington. Wrong, Tracy. Almighty, are you kidding? It me? is Conrad Valmont, <laughs> the real Jason Bateman name. <laughs> Fun fact, though, Brooks Buffington is a real person. What? He's one of the founders of the app Yik Yak. Oh, my God. This is a real man that exists. <laughs> that is like peak white boy startup thing. <laughs> I am speechless. This is an So, Tracy, you are win. 0 for 3 right Jesus. now. <laughs> uh, we have two more. We got two more. Um, okay. Bad Words is a movie from 2013. He plays a 40-year-old misanthrope, so like the same as the others. <laughs> <laughs> and he somehow hijinks ensue and he enters a spelling bee because of a loophole and he wins I don't even a know man a this Jason Bateman character is named Anders Holm Guy Trilby or Bigsby Summers <laughs> again that's Anders Holm Guy Trilby or Bigsby Summers I'm gonna go with <laughs> Guy Trilby yes Tracy yes! that's correct I didn't even know they named Guy's Guy, but it's a thing. I got one right. Anders Holm is also a real dude. Who is that? He's that dude from Workaholics. He's funny. Oh. Shout out to Anders. That's his real name. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last one, Tracy. Oh, man. Disconnect from 2012. It's one of those movies with like a bunch of different plot lines, and he's just like one of them in like an intertwining story of whatever. Any of these movies. Exactly. But he's still making money, yo. Shout out to Jason Bateman. Hey, give me a dollar. He plays a lawyer. Is Jason Bateman named Rich Boyd, mm. Kai Rizdal, or Bob Loblaw? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> Again, that is Rich Boyd, Kai Rizdal, or Bob <laughs> Loblaw. <laughs> Tracy, if you watched Arrested Development, you'd be able to eliminate one of these. I, so I this don't. is on you. Uh. <laughs> and if you listen to Marketplace. <laughs> so the entire studio is going crazy. And I'm just sitting here like, what? I'm going to say Rich Boyd. You are correct. <laughs> 
Um, Bob Blah Blah is one of the best named characters <laughs> of all time from Arrested Development. And Kai Rizdal is a real dude at Marketplace. Shout out to Kai Rizdal. That alone <laughs> makes me want to watch Arrested Development. Bob Blah Blah. <laughs> Are you a CEO, CFO, or other executive facing these or similar charges? Why should you go to jail for a crime someone else noticed? You don't need double talk. You need Bob Blah Blah. Blah, blah, blah. No hablo español. Oh, so Tracy. Two out of five. I two fail. out of five. But can we all just say shout out to my white dude names? Did, listen, I had so much fun with that this. That was amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. You uh, should be a Bigsby professional. Bigsby Summers is, I think, one of the best. <laughs> you should be a professional white dude namer. I agree. <laughs> white people, let me name your children. <laughs> we are so very excited for our next guest. Thrilled. We have the first lady of New York City, y'all, Miss Sherlane McRae here. She's the chair of the Mayor's Fund to Advance New York City, a nonprofit organization that focuses on supporting public programs in areas including mental health and support for young men and women of color. And also recently you announced that there's going to be an investment of $78.3 million to provide counseling and treatment and a lot of mental health care in the New York City area. And you are also on Twitter and Tumblr, and I love it. <laughs> and you're frequently talking about your mental health advocacy through the hashtag Shatter the Stigma. Welcome to the show, first yes, of all. We're so happy to have so you. Thank you so much for thank fitting you. us into your schedule. I know. Thank you. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. Oh, my <laughs> In a way that we like to kick off all of our interviews, even though we know who you are, obviously, and what you do, we like to hear in your own words. So the first question that we ask is, what do you do and why? What do I do and why? That is a good question. I ask myself that every day. <laughs> I see myself as a change maker. Mm. I came here to, you know, mix things up and get yeah. people on a more positive track. That's, you know, when I when I break it all down, this is what I'm here to do. I spend um, most of my days, you know, if I'm not taking care of myself or taking care of other people, that's what I'm doing. Mm. So what's motivated you to be such a big mental health advocate? Well, you know, it's personal because I have all through my life, I've experienced this, what I call an invisible conversation, Mm. things happening to people around me that nobody wants to talk about. My parents suffered from depression and never understood their behavior, like why my father would withdraw and act in certain ways and why my mother would be so sad. And, you know, only now am I coming to an understanding of like what was going on. And more recently, my daughter came to us and said that she was diagnosed with anxiety and depression and addiction. and, Mm -hmm. And it was just very clear to me that we have to do something. We got to start talking about this more because uh, it's not just me and my family. It's every family has experiences like mine. As I've been out in communities talking with people, I, I've found out, you know, one in five Americans has a diagnosable mental health challenge. That's mm. amazing. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Like everybody. It's, exactly. <laughs> no, no one is not touched by right. this. And yet it's something that we don't really talk about. It's something we don't provide adequate services for. And there's a huge stigma about Getting treatment. What were the conversations like about mental health in your household growing up? And like, how do you think about those conversations now in your own household? Well, we didn't talk about it in a way that really referenced mental health. The thought was in, in those days, it's like, you, 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 you just you tough, you be tough it out, yeah. right? You, you work harder. You just go to church. Mm-hmm. You pray. You put on the happy face mm. for the people around you. 
And then, you know, later on, yes, maybe you go to a doctor, but it was it was very, I don't know. Shameful. Yeah, it wasn't something that, and we didn't have all the medications we have now. Mm. We didn't have the, I think we've, we, we, we've, got, we've got so much stuff, right? We've got a level of sophistication. Um, in addition to medications, we've got all kinds of counseling and treatment that, that we didn't have back then. So it, it was, I think, partly there was so much shame because there really weren't the kinds of solutions that we have now. Mm. So how do you talk about this with your children now? Oh my goodness! Now I'm I'm learning so much from my children <laughs> because we've come a long way. Not yeah. far enough, but we've come right. a long way. I mean, that initial moment of like talking to your parents about your mental health stuff is really hard. What was yes. that moment like? It shook me to my core. It really did. I just I wanted to I wanted to cry. I was so afraid for her. Mm. I didn't know what to do. Uh, it was it was really tough. Yeah. It really was really tough. You know, I just I just loved her because she she's so she's so open and so communicative, and that really is like the first step to healing. Right. It's like being able to talk about it, mm-hmm. being able to reach out to someone, and she was doing that. And I knew, well, okay, this is really hard. Mm. This is hard, but we're gonna we're gonna get there. We're gonna get to the next step because mm. you know we're 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 talking together. And we've got that love, you yeah, know, that that, awesome. that strong sense of family. I write and talk a lot about my experiences with anxiety disorder, which I was officially diagnosed with in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And my original plan was just to not tell anybody but like my best, best friends mm-hmm. because I didn't want to tell my mom about it. And one of my biggest worries was that I didn't want her to feel like she had done something wrong mm-hmm. or that she was a failure. And I also didn't want them to like look at me as like weaker. Like, I mean, we're very like, jokey family and I was like I don't want you to like take it easy on me you know like I don't want you to like treat me like I'm made out of glass but eventually I came to the understanding that they are trying to understand me because they had never like even thought about what it's like to like just be worried for no reason Mm -hmm. so I say all that to ask if you could give advice to parents who learn that their children are going through what would you say to them? Well, first, I have to thank you for writing that piece. I read it, and it oh, is just—you are so—it's so brave of oh, you, so courageous. Thank and you. The, the piece was beautifully written, oh, and you know, it really touched me. <laughs> no, I, it's, so I, it's, it's a very—we need to get it out so more people yes, can see it. Because absolutely. I think you had a lot of important information in oh, that piece. Thank you. And and as for other parents, I just—you know—I think parents have to really listen mm-hmm. to their children, and and if they feel like that something's not right is they should trust their instinct because mm-hmm. sometimes the the child may not know like what's right. going on and it it really requires a deeper conversation um if the parent's not ready to have that deeper conversation you might want to find somebody who could help with that and it is important not to blame yourself yeah mm-hmm. every mom every dad they want to be perfect I right mean, right this is like our most important job raising up our young ones mm-hmm. but we don't have complete control <laughs> <laughs> over nature over genetics over right. environment so we need to um we need to be easy a little easier on ourselves and just you know do do the best we can that's great advice right? remember it's all about the yourself. loving mm-hmm. right when I was first diagnosed with depression I remember feeling like I didn't even think this is a thing that applied to me mm-hmm I've been raised with the idea of, like, the strong black woman. Oh, yes. So I yes. was just like, well, this is just the way life is. <laughs> it's hard. You just have to deal with it. And you're going to be sad. Like, Pray on it. And then that's it. <laughs> in your work, you talk about a lot about race and mental health and really 
bringing that element into the conversation because I don't I didn't even have that vocabulary yet because right. I didn't even know this is a thing black people dealt with. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And we actually deal with it in a you know, much higher percentage, I mm. think, than, than, mm-hmm. than many other folks because, well, there is racism. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there is trauma. Mm. There is poverty. And all of those things exacerbate life. Right. And if you live with stress for a long period of time, it really builds up and mm-hmm. builds up and it becomes what we call toxic stress and trauma. And, and it's much harder to make a comeback from that. Mm. Uh, so it's very important for people to, you know, again, get it early. You know, if yeah. you feel like something's not right, reach out. Yeah. In the op-ed you wrote for The Root, you cited a statistic that says African-Americans are 20% more likely than their white counterparts to report experiencing serious psychological distress. Right. I mean, that's the kind of data we're dealing with. Yes. Right. Yeah. There was also a statistic that said that we are 40% less likely to seek out help for it. That's right. Which just, it just crushes me to hear that. And to know that there are so many of us just out there just like struggling, not only with just like whatever our brain chemistry is doing, but like seeing our brothers and sisters murdered like via video. It's draining, it's tiring, it makes me feel like helpless. In moments like this, we talk a lot about self-care on the show too. Like Mm -hmm. how do we take care of ourselves when it's just like too much what is your self-care routine? How do you take care of yourself? Yes. Uh, well, first, let me say that when you see other people going through stuff, I, it's important for us as black women to encourage them to get help. You know, mm-hmm. and we don't have enough services out there, but, you know, still need to encourage people to get help. There's, It doesn't have to be professional help. Sometimes it's just talking to yeah. someone and encourage people to self-care. I have a lot of tools I use. <laughs> you know, this morning I was listening to Chaka Khan and India yes. Irene. You know, it's like really helps me boost Musical my mood, right? It's a real thing. I love to move around. Uh, dancing is is a, a, a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. I love nature, so walking walking around the garden, looking at plants, just being in touch with the earth helps mm. me so much. Poetry, writing. I've got it's a, it's a long yeah, list. Yeah, you write a lot of poetry <laughs> on Tumblr. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I work through my emotions using you know using words and on and that's it's very helpful. In my estimation, it seems like the mental health conversation is having a bigger moment right now. Mm-hmm. How do you see that in the sort of larger conversation? What is the seven seventy eight point three million actually going to? Yes. Well, that's first of all, I want to say that we just we have so much more information now than we did. 20, 30 years ago about about mental health and, and what it takes to prevent problems from starting and how to treat them. And I think that's what we're seeing just everywhere. It's like people are starting to talk about it because we, we, we have solutions. We have evidence-based research. We, mm. you know, we know what to do. We know that the average age of onset of mental illness is, is 14. But it, the, the point is, is that it can happen anytime between you know, the time a child's born up until, you know, like 20s, 30s, whatever. It's something to look for. We, mm. know, we know the signs and symptoms. We know what to look for. So when uh, a young person gets to college, and, and that's actually, that first year is a really traumatic time. Yeah, um, right. And many times uh, that's when things break down. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot so, of people experience their like mental health stuff in their early 20s, that's which is, right. you know, the college years. That's just right. exacerbates everything that's already there. Ooh. So it, it's good <laughs> for... flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> I think that 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 conversation, that public conversation we're having, is because like, okay, we know what's happening, mm. and, that, and the next step is going to be like, what do we actually do about it? And 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 stigma is a is something that I'm very deeply concerned about, and one of the reasons we are 
putting money into all these different areas, our runaway uh, youth shelters, our homeless shelters, our domestic violence uh, justice centers. We know that people who are in trauma are most vulnerable to mm. um, having whatever is going on with them made much worse, right. right? So is a lot of the money going to service-based organizations? It's going into, yes, into mental, like mental health clinics, mm-hmm. like in our schools, okay. so that children will have services, mental health services, where they go to school. Mm-hmm. And, and then the shelters will have services where they are. And that's the other thing is like to make the services accessible. We need to expand our number of providers. Mm. We need culturally competent providers. I mean, if you speak Cantonese, you speak Spanish. Right. That was the only languages you speak. Like, who, who are you going to see? Yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. This, is, and this is New York, and, and any urban center is going to have this issue of, like, not necessarily having the providers where people are and not having providers who actually are under, who understand the people, and not just the language, but the, the mm-hmm. culture, the right. traditions. Experience. Because yeah. That's a serious luck. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. It is. You, people have to be comfortable if mm. they're going to get help. This has been a fantastic conversation. I wish we could talk about it forever and ever and ever, but we know that you're <laughs> a very busy lady and you have tons to do. So we have this kind of weird but also fun <laughs> segment that we would. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a little weird. The segment is called Pew 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 Pew. Rapid fire. Rapid fire question. We should okay. work with this. <laughs> so we just have like some very random, very casual, informal questions about you know you and what you're into, et cetera, et cetera. First question: How do you feel about squirrels? Oh, I heard <laughs> you're going to ask this question. <laughs> no judgment. Oh my god! We will judge everyone you? else. Squirrel was was my nickname for many oh summers as a camp counselor. Oh my goodness! But I don't like squirrels. Okay. Are you just saying <laughs> right because you know the right no. answer? <laughs> no awesome. chid. Is there a literal key to the city? I've always wanted no, to know this. That was there's my not question. a literal key, but you know, <laughs> can I get a, a fake smile? One? <laughs> a smile and a good attitude will get you anywhere you want to go. Ooh. There you go. What is your favorite sitcom from the 90s? Oh, I'm going to say Fresh Prince. Yes. <laughs> Excellent answer. Um, has anyone ever touched your hair without asking since you've been first lady? No. Okay. Really? No. no. That makes me so happy. This is the, a very important question from heaven. Do you watch The Good Wife? Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my love God. love that show. Love, love it. Okay. Bill I have so many followers. <laughs> Bill was actually on one. Of, he did like a cameo. I was so oh, envious. I, but I saw it. Yes. Yeah. No, it's it's our, one of our favorite shows. Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very interesting show for women in politics. Politics. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like the women you meet in your political life are represented in that show? They are. Yeah. But there's even more. This, I think there's so much more we could be seeing on television mm-hmm. that, that to represent the, the real women who are out in the world doing this kind of work. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Do you still find the time to write poetry? Yes. Awesome. I don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. I don't have as much time as I want to, but yes, I do. Uh-huh. Um, Who's your favorite character on The Good Wife? <laughs> <laughs> it's not good to, to choose favorites. <laughs> um, who's your least favorite character? <laughs> this has been amazing. You are welcome back. This has been back. incredible. I want to come back. Please, Please hang out with do. us all the Absolutely. time. Uh, great, great. Give our best to your family. We are in love with your children. <laughs> yes, uh, we I are. Will. Beautiful I and will. fantastic. What's up, fam? <laughs> so where can people find more about what you're doing and what Shatter the Stigma is doing? Certainly check in the Flow Nice at flo.nyc. You can always get inform- information there about everything I'm doing. 
Awesome. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you. <laughs> Kevin, we got to talk to the first lady of New York City. I can't believe we just said that. Shirlane <laughs> McRae. That was, and she was so sweet. Oh, she's so smart. You know how some people just walk into a room and it just feels like warmer and sunnier? Yes. I'm going to be smiling all day now. Yes. See, look. Y'all can't see it, but I'm smiling. <laughs> okay, heaven. What's up? Guess what time it is. What time is it? Tracy's joke time. <laughs> Yo, that started off like horror music slow. <laughs> what was that? I wanted to build the suspense. Uh, I It's su- sufficiently built. Okay. I'm excited. Awesome. <laughs> so this is a joke that was actually told to me a couple of days ago by a new friend, Francesca Levy. Hey, girl. Hey. It's a great joke. Okay. I'm very excited. I'm prepared. <laughs> okay. So there's this guy. His mm-hmm. name is Bob. Okay. Let's call him Bob. Randomly. Perhaps Bob Lobla. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> Bob's a lonely guy. So he goes to a pet store. He tells the guy, hey, I'm looking for a companion. You know, something to keep me company. Something that'll be happy to see me when I come home. What do you have? And the guy's like, got just a thing. Come with me to the back. So he takes him to the back of the store. Like in some weird stock room or something. And he okay. produces a mason jar. Mm-hmm. And the mason jar is full of like grass and leaves and it's got little puncture holes in the top. And he's like, well, what is this? <laughs> and the, the store owner is like, if you look closer, you'll see a caterpillar. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, why would you give me a caterpillar? And he's like, oh, but this is not just any regular caterpillar, Bob, uh-huh. my friend. The caterpillar's name is Jerome. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Jerome is a great friend, and his favorite thing to do is to go down to the pub and have a drink. The Caterpillar? The Caterpillar likes to go. Is there a pub in the Mason No, no, no. He likes to go to actual pubs. <laughs> okay. And just, you know what I mean? He likes to turn up a little bit. So in this universe, a right. Caterpillar Absolutely. goes to the pub yes. frequently. He's a drink, you know? Okay. He's just, he's a super chill Caterpillar. All right. All he's right. like, you know, I don't need to be like in the strip clubs every night. It's not really my thing. He's a chill Caterpillar. He's a chill ass <laughs> Caterpillar. He just wants to go to the bar and have a drink. Okay. And Bob's like, well... I don't know about this. But he's mm-hmm. like, well, he's also a great conversationalist. And Bob's like, you, are you telling me that this caterpillar can talk? Now, why he would be more surprised at a talking caterpillar <laughs> than he would a caterpillar that goes to <laughs> a bar <laughs> and orders a drink? I, I don't mean, know. same, to be honest. <laughs> Bob is an interesting type of dude. But he's like, are you telling me this caterpillar can talk? And he's like, oh, yeah, he loves talking about politics <laughs> and art, you know, everything. And Bob's like, okay, well, I would like to have some great conversation. And I would also like to go down to the pub and have a drink. So he's like, all right, I will take this caterpillar, sir. Thank you. So Bob scoops up Jerome in his little mason jar home, takes him to his house. And uh, for a while, they just kind of look at each other. You know, Bob's looking at Jerome. Jerome's <laughs> in his jar <laughs> looking at Bob. And eventually, uh, he he takes the top off of the jar. Oh, no. And Bob's like, so, Jerome, what do you want to do today? And he waits. Jerome didn't say anything. Oh, yeah, I guess he's a caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, okay, well, maybe maybe we should talk about politics. So he's like, oh, man, did you see the last election debate? Whatever is happening. <laughs> you know, what, what do you think about this new development in the in the political world? And so he waits. And he doesn't say anything. And so then he's like, okay, maybe, maybe talking is not your thing. He's like, do you want to go down to the pub and have a drink? <laughs> And he puts his ear up to the jar. Oh he's like, maybe God. he's talking, but his little caterpillar voice is so tiny. Maybe I just can't hear him. So he puts his ear I up suppose. to the jar. <laughs> and he waits for a response. And he doesn't get anything. 
So I think it's like, well, maybe he just can't hear me. Like, maybe there's something in, like, the mechanics of a, a caterpillar's ear, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know. And <laughs> he's so <reaching. laughs> he's trying. He's really trying to, to be Jerome, the caterpillar's friend. Mm-hmm. And so then he puts his mouth, like, right up to the jar. And he's like, hey, do you want to go down to the pub and get a drink? Jerome says nothing. And so Bob's like, okay, I'm getting real pissed off. I'm getting real fed up. And he picks up the jar and he's about to throw oh it my God. at the wall and smash it. But before he does, he says, I'm going to ask you one more time. Do you want to go down to the pub for a drink or not? And then the caterpillar says, I heard you. I'm putting my shoes on. Because <laughs> <laughs> he has so many feet. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Tracy's joke time. Oh, my goodness. So we asked you all to send in a voice recording of the pettiest reason you've ever broken up with someone. <laughs> we got some great responses. This Kevin, is easily the... the best idea I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I love y'all's responses so much. It was so hard to pick just a few to play. I can't wait for y'all to hear these. <laughs> Take a listen to a few just of a the few. messages I wish we could play all of them. <laughs> oh, they were so and they, they keep coming in too. But listen to these. <laughs> The pettiest reason I've ever broken up with someone is because the man could not multiply. He bought this jacket and was really set on wearing it. His dick was like the largest physical thing I've ever seen on the planet. And let me tell you about this jacket. Like, you know when you're like fascinated by a large animal, like a horse or something, but you're like, I'm gonna stay over here because like it might kill me. And it was fur trimmed along the hood. It also had like gold stitching in it and some weird pattern. Gucci man. Their least favorite foods were chocolate, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and fried chicken. Really, really purple, not like a beautiful deep purple, like purple, like Barney purple, maybe. They didn't use their fork properly. He cheated on me with this otherworldly dick. It was like intermediate algebra, like 25 times two. I cannot reconcile being with somebody who doesn't believe that fried chicken is, is a gift from God that Jesus did not anoint fried chicken with all of his beauty and glory for us to enjoy. He chose Gucci Man. And I look over and I kind of like fixate on his ear. It's like the most earwax. The most god-awful, ugly thing I'd ever seen in my whole life. They have food on their cheeks, their forehead, their eyebrows, the back of their head, whatever. I can't, not, no, not then. He would not go and get my fruity pebbles. This brother took a Gatorade bottle and threw it out the window across my face. I made him take me home immediately. I was so distraught. I I just couldn't believe that he had just littered. But he was a cool dude. I hope he uh, finally learned how to multiply by twos. So the realest answer... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> was the girl who was like he wouldn't go get my fruity pebbles <laughs> end no of story she was just like that's it <laughs> I feel you girl Real I feel fuck. you you are our hero of the day thank you so much for submitting these our question for next month is 
What is the wildest workplace microaggression you've experienced? Oh my god! What's the wildest? Okay, okay. So I have natural hair, and you know that thing where when you have natural hair and you straighten it, and you know you're gonna see white people the next uh, day. You have to brace yourself because yes. you know you have to answer for the a hours of small talk. Oh my god, you cut your hair! Oh my gosh, is that a weave? Oh my gosh, your hair grows so fast! Yeah. Oh, oh my god! Blah 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 me. blah. So I you had can't just be like, oh, your hair looks good. Right, <laughs> Keep exactly. <it> moving. <laughs> or what I really hate is, oh, I barely recognize you. Mm. Have you never seen my face? Okay, so what happened though? Okay, so what it happened? What it happened <laughs> yeah. was, I used to work in this really teeny tiny office, and there was this one woman who always just had something slick to say about my hair. Like she would introduce me to her kids and to like her actual clients. And is this shit. a white woman? It's a very white woman. I'm, I just assumed. Yes. <laughs> and she would like Tracy with the crazy hair. Uh-uh. Whoa! Oh no, no, my no, god. No. Like crazy, crazy. That's how she would introduce me to people who come uh. into the office. One day, I, I mean, my, my ends were raggedy, so I had to get it trimmed and I got it straightened. And I was like, oh, my God, let me go. Let me just get this over with. <laughs> Jesus, just this one day, just get me through. Everybody else was fine. Oh, my mm. gosh, I like your hair. Oh, my gosh, I didn't know your hair was so long. Bam, we're done. This bitch walks in the office and she looks at me and she says, oh, you look so professional now. <gasps> bitch. What did she think you were doing this whole time? Exactly. Are we not all being professionals right now? Speaking of being professional, I caught her later, like that same week mm. in the office kitchen, and there was like a, a can of uh, whipped cream. Had the whole nozzle in her mouth. Oh. What part of that is professional? Oh. Excuse me. As you can see from Tracy's story, like a microaggression, for those who don't know, is basically like a sort of, as Tracy calls it, bite-sized racism. Yes, very subtle. Like, <laughs> but it's like not subtle moments like... that, it's, yeah, it's not like housing discrimination. Right. It's <laughs> someone in your office you coding your hair as unprofessional, yes. even though it's how it comes out of your head. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ma'am, this is my hair. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, things like mistaking you for the other black person in the office. Mm-hmm. Things like that where it's like... It's like a, very personal. Yeah. And very they're all very interpersonal interactions. Mm-hmm. And those are the kinds of things that just add up and eat eat at you. Yes. <laughs> Ain't life grand. And we all, unfortunately, deal with them every day. I'm sure y'all have wild stories like that. We want to um, hear them. As, again, keep it like to a minute. Yes. <laughs> so you can call in at 520-2-ROUNDS. That's 520-276-8637. Or you can send a voice recording to another round at BuzzFeed.com. To be honest, I low-key prefer the voice recordings too. They're a lot clearer. Because they're a lot clearer quality. Yeah. But if you can't, it's chill. It's fine. We love you anyway. We will listen just as hard. So who are you buying around for this week? This week, I am a buying... I am a buying. <laughs> this week I'm buying around for hammocks. Yes. So let me tell y'all. Tell the people about hammocks. Our wonderful producer Julia Furlan hey. had us over to work. We had a little pod squad work from home day, yeah, except it was work beautiful. from home from Julia's home, her fly ass apartment with beautiful a dope rooftop. ass roof. We get up there and she's like, y'all should try a hammock. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> Hammocks look so unsafe. The technology, I don't they trust just seem it. seem dangerous. It seems like only a child would fit in there. Like, I had just so you many questions. the help questions. of like 17 men trying to get out of it. <laughs> yeah. But I was then also Julia was like, no, guys, try it. <laughs> and my life has changed. <laughs> now I measure my time on this earth before and after hammock. <laughs> We have hammocks, some great hammocks are so too. incredibly comfortable. It's like an adult baby wrap. It is <laughs> like the little swaddle things. <laughs> I like. I didn't know Americans use that too because I always saw them like in Ethiopia with like mm-hmm. that's just how you carry your children on your back in a right. swaddle. 
which I've always wanted to yes. do as an adult. <laughs> so if and you now ever you can with him. If you ever wanted to do that. Hammocks, yo. Uh, I can't believe it took me this long to get into hammocks. I know. Me too. My aunt always had a hammock and I was just like, nope. Mm-mm, exactly. I'm I'm fucking up. Yeah. But it's like as soon as I got in the hammock, I felt like smarter. <laughs> <laughs> Julia brought me a glass of wine. I had my sunglasses. I was like, why would I ever leave? Yo, we gotta put a picture of that up. Cause you we should. <laughs> it's wild. But yes, please. Everyone, get hip to hammocks. <laughs> around for hammocks. <laughs> oh, man. Who are you buying around for, Tracy? I am buying around for Sia. Oh, my God. The singer. I love her. I love her, too. And, like, I always knew that I liked her, but it wasn't until, like, this week that I was like, I actually love her. Like, and she's love. had, like, a long career. Right. I People had no forget. idea. Right. I mean, I was listening to the deluxe version of her album, A Thousand Forms of Fear. Mm-hmm. There's a version of Elastic Heart on that album, like the the deluxe version, mm-hmm. where it's just her and a piano, and she Ooh, is singing oh. her face off. She has such an amazing voice. Yeah. I'm still fighting for peace, but I've got thick skin and an elastic core. But your blade it might be too sharp, I'm like a rubber band until you pull to yeah, I'm a snap and I move as you won't see me apart. And it's just, I just cannot stop singing that song, which is sad because I'm not Sia, so I can't hit those notes, <laughs> but I try anyway. Yeah, that's the danger of singing any Sia song. Oh my god, You're not Sia. <laughs> do, do you know that there are like karaoke versions of like, basically any song that you want on YouTube and sometimes they have them in like a lower version. <laughs> Here's why a I know. A lower register? Yeah, it's like in a lower key. Listen, get on it. Anyway. Also, like, keeping in with the theme of the day, mental health, she also speaks very openly about her struggles with bipolar and just, like, mental health. And anxiety. And anxiety. And, I mean, it's just, it's fitting. So, she's also um, sober now. Yeah. So, I'm not going to buy her any alcohol, but, like, a (laughs) round of your favorite juice. Sparkling water, <laughs> yes. if you're interested. A round of mango juice on me. A round of mango juice. <laughs> also, she mango. does the song, um, she sings the song Breathe Me, which is in the finale of Six Feet Under. Oh. So, first of all, Tracy, get your life together that you it's have not a, seen Six Feet I Under. I don't want to see But it. it's like, I can't listen to that song without being taken back to that finale, and it's just so beautiful. But the finale was sad, right? Yeah, you just got to cry it out sometimes, Tracy. <sighs> Anyways, a anyway. round of mango juice on us. <laughs> yes, and a round for hammocks. All right, we did it again. We did it again. I feel like we need again. like a. This is beautiful. Thank I was you. gonna say we need like a. Uh, what's the song? The we did it song on Dora when the Dora when the episode's over. We did it. 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 Hooray! Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Dora. Dora. A big, big shout out to the first lady of New York City. I cannot City, believe that she Shirley was like, let me, let me pause my amazing life-saving schedule <laughs> to kick it with these two little brown girls in the studio. That's amazing. Yes. Shout out to all the work you're doing. Absolutely. Shout out to our pod squad. Yay. Jenna, who is not with us because she's Jenna's on vacation. Jenna's on a beach. Because yeah. she needs a Jenna's vacation. On vacation. Um, shout out to Eleanor Kagan. Shout out to Julia Furlan. Shout out to pod Paul Ruest in pod Argo pod Studios. Squad. Thank you to Jean Gray for providing us with music that people really really love like yes. every day people are like oh I wish I wish the what happened was song was longer so thank you to you thank you to Don Will who also provided us some great music you can follow him on Twitter at D-O-N-W-I-L-L 
You can follow Jean Gray at Jean Greasy. Remember to call us with your crazy microaggression in the office stories, 5202-ROUNDS or 520-276-8637. Or you can record yourself on your phone, on your computer, a recording apparatus of your choice, and email it to us at anotherround at buzzfeed.com. Yes. And remember to tune in to our live show on June 5th. Which will be live streaming. It's going to be At lit. thegreenspace.org. That's green with an E at the end. Yes. We're so excited. Thank you to heaven. Thank you to the Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to our listeners. Hug somebody today. Hugs, hugs make people Talk feel better. Talk to your parents, yo. Yeah, call your mom. Drink some water. Maybe make that phone call to a therapist you needed to make. Ooh. Also, check out Heaven's Post if you need to know how to get started. We I'll should, link to it. We'll yeah. link to it. And, and we'll, we love y'all. Take care of yourself. Bye. Because I've got an And I will debut uh, my incredible skit. <laughs> I <laughs> will debut. <laughs> <laughs> Chill. <laughs> I will debut our. Uh, nope. <laughs> Sorry. Can you let me do this? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>